I think it's so important to start with what it is and also what it isn't because there's some confusion. You know, it can be a bit of a buzzword and everybody can say they have a little bit of doubt. Oh, I'm having imposter syndrome. But imposter syndrome is actually a psychological pattern and the emphasis is on the word pattern because it is patterned where someone feels like they're not good enough in spite of their accomplishments. So again, the emphasis on in spite of because there's a disconnect. So we have the degrees, we have the accomplishments, we're out there doing that thing, whatever that is, right? And yet, even though we've done it, we continually show up feeling like we're not as good as other people think we are. They're going to expose us. We're going to be exposed as a, a fake or a fraud or a phony. And not everyone resonates with the word imposter or fraud or phony. I certainly didn't. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be? Into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. Today, I have on the show Cheryl Anjanette, and Cheryl is an author, international speaker, thought leader a 30-year C-suite executive, global 100 media arts and communication advisor, certified business strategist, integrative hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, and mindset coach. Oh my gosh, the list goes on, y'all. She's incredible. And she really focuses on cognitive behavior. She specializes actually in cognitive behavior, neuroscience, and self-regulation. And that is kind of what we're talking about today, kind of going on that like behavioral neuroscience topic today, talking all about imposter syndrome. And she has a new book out that we're also going to talk about, The Imposter Lies Within. And really, we're talking all about imposter syndrome, what it is, what it means, kind of debunking some myths around imposter syndrome, why it can be damaging, and a lot of like mindset around imposter syndrome and how to like get past it. And really, the most effective ways to move past it and, and what it means for your mindset and for your brain and how it affects your whole body. So this is a really, really important topic right now since we are we're doing this this interview actually right at the tail end of mental health awareness month and so it really does tie into a lot of things that you know you've been hearing about over the past month just with mental health and mental health awareness because that this is what it, your mental health is health right and that's why I wanted to bring this topic to y'all so I'm really excited to bring y'all this interview with Cheryl so let's jump in all right y'all let's jump in I'm here with Cheryl and Jeanette and we are talking all things imposter syndrome today and learning some maybe things that you've never heard of and some like strategies that you've never heard of and how to kind of feel confident and get past this imposter syndrome. And she's going to share all about her book that she has out now. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thanks for joining me, Cheryl. Thank you, Hope. So glad to be here. Yes, me too. So I'm sure imposter syndrome, you know, the listeners, I'm sure are familiar with it. I feel like it's it's been kind of a trendy word these days, but I like kind of you kind of take a little bit of a different approach than a lot of that I've seen. And so can you, let's just kind of start, I guess, with the basics. And can you tell people what what is imposter syndrome? Yeah, I think it's so important to start with what it is and also what it isn't because Mm -hmm. there's some confusion. You know, it can be a bit of a buzzword. Yeah. And everybody can say, they have a little bit of doubt. Oh, I'm having imposter syndrome. But imposter syndrome is actually a psychological pattern. And the emphasis is on the word pattern because it is patterned where someone feels like they're not good enough 
in spite of their accomplishments. So again, the emphasis on in spite of because there's a disconnect. So we have the degrees, we have the accomplishments, we're out there doing the thing, whatever that is, right? And yet, even though we've done it, we continually show up feeling like we're not as good as other people think we are. They're going to expose us. We're going to be exposed as a, a fake or a fraud or a phony. And not everyone resonates with the word imposter or fraud or phony. I certainly didn't. But the feeling was the same. The feeling was like, I'm not good enough. I'm not really what they think I am. I'm kind of faking it. And cognitively, like my mind knew I wasn't. I could look at my accomplishments. I could write that list and say, oh, but I have done all these things. Yet that feeling would still persist. Yep. So that's the disconnect. Yep. Yeah. No, it's a real thing. I mean, I've I've experienced it. I mean, I feel like, well, I know you're going to talk about these too, but I feel like, you know, a lot of times people think you only experience it when you're kind of first starting out, right? When you're first kind of going into your success or you're starting the business or, you know, whatever it is, but like, no, like you can have it at any time. Right. I think that's like a big point to make is that it's not just when you're starting out. Yeah, absolutely. Such an important distinction because it can actually be damaging for people when they think like people that are very accomplished tend to suppress those emotions even more. And so when they hear, oh, it's just sort of a beginner thing and yet they're feeling it, there's some shame in that. Yep. Like, oh, I shouldn't really be feeling this. I better hide it even more. Yep. But in actuality, more accomplished people tend to experience imposter syndrome. Yeah. And being a beginner is a really good thing. I mean, if you think about it as children, with children, we're beginners. We're beginners at everything. You know, we fall down, we get back up, we get curious. We don't get worried. We don't get fearful. We get a little bit fearful, but then we get excited and we get curious. But as adults, we go into, I'm a beginner. What if I'm not good enough? I'm comparing myself to everyone else. Am I going to make it? I slip back a little bit and I think, oh, oh, I failed, failed. You know, I hate that word fail, but you know, I just think of it as feedback. But yeah, so it's not just a beginner thing. We certainly have doubt. That's natural when we're a beginner. We should. Self-doubt is our discernment muscle. That's not a bad thing. Fear. We should have a little bit of fear in the what I call the healthy zone. You may have read about it in my book, Hope, but I talk about this healthy zone where all of these emotions are adaptive and you don't have that cognitive dissonance. It's like, oh, I fell down. Okay, you know what? I'm a beginner. I'm on the competency staircase and that's the way the competency staircase goes. You know, take a couple steps forward, you take a step back. You take maybe sometimes one step forward and two steps back, but eventually you get better at something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important too, because when you first started, you said you wanted to talk about what it is and what it isn't. Because I do think there are some myths, and I think that's a big myth about like it's only, you know, it's only when you're first starting out. But yeah. what are some other myths that people might have heard about imposter syndrome? And what is, you know, why why can that be damaging to yeah. us and our mindset? Yeah, yeah. In my book, I actually have a whole chapter on this. There are eight myths that I talk about, and that it's just a beginner's phenomenon is one of them. Feel the fear and do it anyway mm. as the cure for imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Another one. And this is a really important one because feel the fear and do it anyway is a really great technique. It's a really great strategy. You know, fear is something we all feel. It's wired into us. It's not going away, but we can use fear as our friend to help move us forward. 
So this getting used to feeling the fear and pushing through and doing it anyway is great. But the reason that one can be damaging is when people tell you, well, that's the cure. If you feel your fear and do it anyway, you're going to get super confident and you won't have imposter syndrome anymore. Then it goes away. And yet people that are very accomplished have done that. They feel the fear. They do it anyway. They still come out the other side with that disconnect. And so now they feel that same shame. Oh, I shouldn't really be feeling this because I've done these things. I better hide it more. Mm-hmm. When we suppress those emotions, they're really just delayed. They're not going to stay suppressed forever. So they come out, right? They come out as dis-ease in the mm-hmm. body. We get ill, we get you know overly stressed, or we start to act in ways that are self-sabotaging. We procrastinate, we, you know, ruin the very thing we wanted and we don't understand why. So it's really, really important. Another one, because I know we're talking to a female audience, and I think this is a really damaging myth, is that it's a female phenomenon. Mm. Oh, this is just a woman thing. Only, you know, some men, but mostly women, it's mostly women. Mm -hmm. And when this, it used to be called an imposter phenomenon, when it first came out, the group of people that were surveyed and they kind of created this idea of the imposter syndrome, what is this imposter phenomenon? They were only speaking to women. And by the way, only white women. Mm. <laughs> so there was no diversity right. and there was not a gender balance. But what we found out since is that men and women experience imposter syndrome almost equally. Oh, wow. Almost That's interesting. equally, 49% men to maybe 51, wow. 52% women, but differently. Yeah, right. They experience it differently. So that's a really important myth to bust. And one more, you know, there are a lot of them, but there's another one that I think is really important. And that, that's that you're not an imposter. People will say, oh, if you're asking, you're not an imposter, mm-hmm. thinking that it's a literal feeling. Right. But imposter syndrome doesn't mean that you're an imposter and it doesn't mean other people think you're an imposter. It's that we feel like we're the imposter. Mm-hmm. It's all internalized. Mm-hmm. So that's a really important yes, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, and that's what makes it so, you know, such a difficult pattern to break because it is internalized. Like, I mean, you literally have to like reprogram your brain to think differently, right? So exactly. it's it's <laughs> like it's not as easy as just like hitting a switch, like, oh, just turn it off. Like, because I like the one you talk about the like feel the fear and do it anyway or whatever. Cause I, I feel like you hear that a lot and and I know this is kind of like veering off topic here, but we I talk a lot about the nervous system. And I feel like this is kind of the same thing where it's like, oh, just feel the fear and do it anyway. Like, well, if your nervous system doesn't feel safe to do that, you're going to totally self-sabotage. Like you're just asking for a disaster. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have a background in cognitive behavioral neuroscience. And so I think we converge on that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like people to consider two words. This is a really great way to understand how to overcome imposter syndrome because a lot of people will say oh you can't overcome imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. so here's the thing if you think about this as a holistic approach meaning we have to do the inside work do the deep dive which is the reprogramming Mm -hmm. getting into the subconscious finding root cause right and transmitting and transforming that and that's a lot of inner child healing Mm -hmm. that's really finding those early experiences where as a young person, we really just gave an experience and meaning at that age and at that stage that we might see differently now. Mm-hmm. And reframing, using cognitive reframing. 
And then there's the repattern. That's the outside in. So that's the neuroscience part of this because, you know, when we think about habits, most people think about behavior or actions. You know, I habitually overeat or I, you know, I just can't get that good habit of working out. I, I think I want to do it, but I always procrastinate. But habits really begin in our belief system. So it starts with beliefs and thoughts and self-talk also become patterned. Yep. Those are habitual. So we need to repattern those, just exactly what you're talking about. And this does all affect the nervous system. It all affects the nervous system. So as we reprogram and we repattern, the nervous system gets reset, you know, because we also have set points. Right. We talk about this a lot. We set points. So now we're used to being in chronic fear or chronic mm-hmm. stress, mm-hmm. right? And our body almost craves it because our brain will give us a dopamine hit. Exactly. In that fear or that exactly. stress, it will yeah. give us adrenaline. And yeah. then we don't want it. We push it away and we wonder why we keep, you know, overdoing and overthinking. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, your brain always in your body, your brain in your body, they always go towards what's comfortable. And when you're comfortable being in that chronic state, then it's always that, like you're saying, it's that set point. It's always going to go back to that set point. Like it yeah. just wants to be with what's familiar. And so this is what is so counterintuitive for people. It is just counterintuitive. So our brain sees anything that is familiar, anything we do repetitiously as safe. It equates familiarity with safety yep, yep, and comfort, even when it's not safe and even when it's not comfortable. It will take the path of least resistance and consider that comfortable and safe because it is so familiar. So yep. as an example, my husband and I have been trying to help a woman we know who has been homeless. Mm-hmm. And every time we try to help her, we find her a place and we set her up. She doesn't show up or she somehow sabotages it. Mm-hmm. And we are at a standstill because even though she is not safe and she certainly is not comfortable, right. she keeps going back to that pattern. And I think that's an extreme, but we do that, right? Totally. I want this, but I keep sabotaging it. Why? Yep. Yep. So when we know this, like the knowing, the awareness, in my book, I have four stages. So so awareness, knowing, understanding how the brain works, understanding how the body works is the first step. Understanding what imposter syndrome and what it isn't Mm -hmm. is the first step. Mm -hmm. Then there's insight. Okay, now, how is this showing up for me personally? How is this showing up in my life? You know, what's going on personally? What's going on professionally? Right. What's going on where it's, where I might be sabotaging myself? And so I have a whole framework of seven archetypes for people to really start to self-assess. And then the whole third part is about alignment because once you self-assess, you can really see how you're out of alignment. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about how do you get back in alignment? And then the whole fourth part of the book is about integration because ultimately we want to heal and integrate those parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's really, that's really the journey. It really is a journey. It's like a mind map. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's well, and I, I think the important piece you mentioned, and I, and I talk about this all the time and I know the listeners hear me say this, like in almost every episode, but it's the awareness piece. Like the awareness piece is almost the most important piece because, you know, I talk about this in terms of wellness and your health, because that's in your nutrition and that, you know, that's what I do, but it's, it's with anything like you can't change what you're not aware of. So I think 
like with the archetypes and what you have in your book, like it's just building that awareness piece. That's, I mean, that's, that's a huge step in, you know, moving in the right direction to change. Yeah. And, you know, I even have, you know, in each, each of the parts, I talk about awareness and insight, but in the awareness piece, I say, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Even when you think you do. Mm -hmm. Yep. For sure. So there's some radical self-honesty that has to happen. Yeah. And, you know, it's not easy, but when you do it, it's so liberating. Absolutely. And so it's, you know, I say it's enlightening and it's lightening because emotions are weighty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Enlightening, enlightening. I like that. That's so true. That's good. So tell me, switching gears a little bit, tell us how you kind of got into this path and talking about imposter syndrome and, and all of this. What was your journey to get there? Well, first of all, I experienced when you read about the seven archetypes, you know, the perfectionist and the people pleaser and the lone ranger and the master and the superhero and the savior and the prodigy. I was all of them. Like (laughs) I've experienced all of them. I've been all the different, you know, I've been at the executive C-suite level in organizations and obviously middle management and beginner because you work up to that. And I've been an entrepreneur three times. So I've been all these things and had all these experiences. And I just, you know, I'm kind of stubborn, Hope. Like people will say, like, I look at something and I go, well, I've got to figure this out. Right. I don't feel good. Or this is broken. Or this doesn't feel right. Or the hormones are, I'm going to just figure this out. Uh I've got to figure it out. I'm not going to like, and I'll try things. I like to experiment. So I was working with clients. I'd done the deep dive as a hypnotherapist. I'm an integrative, I think you know that, in hypnotherapist. I work with NLP, stress, anxiety, emotional regulation, all that stuff. And, and so I was really interested in manifestation. And I was working, I was doing workshops with clients and working one-on-one with them and trying to help them really learn to manifest by design, not default, because we're always manifesting, right? We're always calling something in. And we were looking at why do some people keep calling in the same thing? They desire this, but they keep getting more of what they already have, or they get the opposite of what they want, right? What's going on? And as I started to look at imposter syndrome, I said, you know what? That's where all the cracks in the foundation are. In our limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. our feelings are not good enough, not worthy, not deserving. Like our voice doesn't matter. We don't matter. It's all kind of keeping us from realizing our dreams. And so I was on this audio app. I don't know if you're familiar with it called Clubhouse. It was new mm-hmm. in 2020, early 2020. Yeah. So a lot of people had jumped on during the pandemic. And I was in a lot of different rooms and I opened up a club in a, a room and just started to invite people in. And we would have these discussions about imposter syndrome. And I was listening to the voices and I thought, you know what? Let's fix the foundation first. Mm -hmm. Let's fix the cracks in the foundation. And then people are set up for success. Then they're set up to really get what they want in life. And so that's how I dove into it. And then the book, it just kind of, it was very organic. I just remember I'd always wanted to write a book. I'd started another book on manifestation and I'm intuitive. So my intuition kept saying, you know, Cheryl, wait, hold up. And then the name just came in, The Imposter Lies Within. It just popped into my head. That's your book. Wow. And, and so I started writing. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I love yeah. that. 
And now being able to use it to transform so many lives in the way it is, like what a download that you got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not really that I got. It's for everyone, right? Totally. I feel like I'm just a you know conduit, I, you know, kind of a guide or a conduit. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like I was meant to give this birth this and it felt like a birth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. In fact, it's it, funny, it was nine months. <laughs> was it really? How funny. Literally, your your child. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. It was breach for a while. And, yeah, we were having some postpartum, but yeah, yeah, I definitely That's had a baby. <laughs> And I like everybody to help me take care of the baby. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Well, what a journey. And the fact that you can speak to, you know, from experience through all the archetypes and through all of those different, like, levels of imposter syndrome, you know, like that. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. And, you know, the experiences, we get used to them. So so it's sort of like sometimes we, we don't even think about it. But it's not normal. And I hate for people to normalize this kind of stuff. We shouldn't normalize things like comparing ourselves to everyone and finding ourselves lacking or, you know, feeling like we never belong. Or we shouldn't normalize like not feeling good enough and having that anxiety. Or we shouldn't normalize rumination, you know, when we're staying awake at night or, or we have these thoughts in our mind that keep looping. What did he think? What did she think? What if, you know, worrying about other people judging us, you know, worrying about the last thing we said, and maybe we better, you know, quickly correct ourselves or go out and ask 10 people what they thought of it because. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, so when people are feeling all of those, because I, because I agree, I mean, there's none of that should be normal. What are the steps? And I know you've mentioned a little bit, but like, how do we, for lack of a better term, like flip the switch, right? How, how do we turn that off? Like what are what are some things, or I guess a better question for people who are experiencing these things, what are maybe just a few things that they can do to kind of start to turn the tides? Yeah, absolutely. Because the journey itself to get past imposter syndrome, if you're really committed to it, it takes about three months because there's some repatterning. Mm-hmm. The reprogramming, depending on the person, can be pretty quick if they engage in hypnotherapy, because we do the deep dive yep. and it's very rapid, but we need to repattern the mind and the thoughts and the self-talk. So that takes some work. The very first thing, and by the way, I think a lot of people hear this, they don't necessarily practice this. Mm-hmm. So this is a reminder for anyone that's heard it before. And if it's new, that's wonderful, but it's not in the knowing, it's in the doing. Not in the knowing, it's in the doing. You know, that's where we get held up. I know I should do these things. So the very first one goes back to our nervous system. When we are in stress, when we are in fear, when we are in overwhelm, we knock ourselves into part of our nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system. And that's where the primitive part of our brain takes over. It sort of hijacks everything. It's called the amygdala. And it's small and it's primitive, but it kind of pulls resources away from the prefrontal cortex, which is our logical thinking mind. It's where our executive function happens. It's that area in the brain that's, if you put your hand over your forehead, it's right behind your forehead. And so the very first thing to knock yourself back into what is called the parasympathetic nervous system, where your logical mind and your emotional brain are working together in sync, 
is to do some really deep, slow breathing. Mm. Breathing in, I always like to try to get up to a count of six to eight at each of these phases, but you want to use the same count to breathe in, hold it, and let it go six to eight times. If that's too much, start with a count of four and work your way up and pull that breath like you're trying to get it to the base of your spine. Of course, you can't. Your lungs go, don't go that far, but it will help you to fill your lungs up, fill up your chest cavity. And the reason is we have some little nerve endings at the top of our lungs that actually go back to that amygdala through the vagus nerve. And it they that will actually, have, you know, when you're shallow breathing in your Mm-hmm. It will actually create more stress for yep, you. Exactly. You want to yeah. be very, very careful that you're going deep, low, slow, six to eight counts in, six to eight counts, hold it, let it go. While you're doing that, what you can do at the same time is in your mind, picture yourself in the eye of the storm. So if you've ever think of a hurricane, things can be swirling around you, but there's a very peaceful quiet center mm-hmm. and it just doesn't matter what's growing around you mm-hmm. that's going to happen you don't need to be part of it you put yourself in a peaceful place and think of three things you're grateful for just get grateful even just start with one but really focus on that thing one two three things that you're grateful for because when you are feeling grateful you cannot feel angry or fearful those emotions don't rest together. So now you have physiologically put your body into a state of calm, into the parasympathetic nervous system. You should feel safe. Now you're in the eye of the storm. You can always put yourself in the eye of the storm and tell yourself you're safe. Yeah. Tell yourself you're safe. You've got this. It all works out. And then just get grateful. And that is so powerful to shift yourself like set, you're setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Yeah. To a place where you could do any of these other things. I have 20 exercises in the book. 20. Love it. But then it's really a matter of really doing the exercise. Right. Doing the things. You've you got know. to implement. Yeah. Got to implement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's such an easy exercise, though. I mean, it's so simple. I think that's the other thing, too, that I feel like a lot of times, because I, you know, I help a lot of my clients with like nervous system regulation and stuff. And a lot of times I'm giving them these things and it's like, it seems so easy, like so simple, right? Like, really, is that really going to help? Like, it, it's like the simplest things that have the biggest impact, though. Like, you're literally just breathing. Like, that's all you're doing. Like, I feel like people underestimate the power of something simple, like just breathing deep and, yeah, and, and, and feeling gratitude. Yeah. And so what I, so here's a little tip, you know, and this goes back to habits. It's really important to create the habit. For your mind to see this as a familiar thing you do. And the way to do that is to do it when the stakes are low. Mm-hmm. So start by, and you can set reminders when you wake up in the morning, do three to five of this breathing technique. Put yourself into an eye of the storm, even though you're not feeling any chaos, right? You're not feeling overwhelmed. You're not stressed. You haven't been triggered. You do it when you're not triggered. You get up, brush your teeth, go down. Maybe as you're making your coffee, every time you go to that coffee machine or you make your tea or whatever your morning routine is, you do your breathing again. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there are just certain things you do in your day that you start to link to the breathing when the stakes are low. Then what happens is when you are triggered, you know where to go and you remind yourself and you've got to practice. So it used to be that I would forget I would get really stressed. 
you know, I would be like out of control. And now I just, I'm, my body is so used to it. My mind is so used to it that I can just get myself into that really, really quickly. And then I tell myself, because your subconscious is literal, not critical, it will believe you. It will always believe you. And it's 90% of your reality. Mm -hmm. So it's like the puppet master. So you want to tell it a good story. So I tell myself, I've got this. It all works out. Everything's happening for me. It's okay. I've got it. I'm safe. Yep. Even if I can't see it, even if I don't know, you know what? It's all good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's it's all about building that resiliency. And so you do, like you're saying, pop out a bit much quicker. So you're not in that state. It's not a chronic, you know, state that you get stuck in. So yeah, I love it's so good. So I have one more question that I like to finish with. But before I ask you that, where is the best place people can find out more about you and your book and all of the things that you're doing? Absolutely. So I'm really easy as long as you know how to spell my name because Cheryl is with an S. <laughs> so it's Cheryl and Jeanette, A-N-J-A-N-E-T-T-E. And I'm sure you'll have it on your show notes. I will. Um, and so my website is CherylAndJeanette.com. My my social media handles are Cheryl and Jeanette. So it's really easy. Um, and then my book, The Imposter Lies Within, Silence Your Inner Critic, Team Your Fear, Unleash Your Badassery is available on Amazon. Perfect. And I think it's also Barnes and Noble and a few other bookstores. It's just getting out there. So it's yes, crazy. I love it. So it's so exciting. <laughs> That's great. And of course, I will have all the links to that in the show notes so I can go check it out and find Cheryl's book. So the last question I have for you that I like to ask everybody, what is the most important thing you can do to live with purpose? Oh, Well, I think the most important thing you can do to live with purpose is to love yourself. Mm. Know yourself, like yourself, love yourself. And then the purpose will come from within outward and it will be so natural, so natural, you know. And one more thing that I think, especially because I know the audience is women, we tend to be givers. We're always giving and we give to depletion. And there's a lot of people facing we get stuck in. You know, just open up both of your hands, sit right here, open up so your palms are facing upward and wide open and look at both of your hands. One of your hands is for receiving and one is for giving. Let the energy come in through your right hand, let it flow through you and you can give with your left. But if the right hand closes and you're not receiving, you really have nothing to give. So receive from the universe, receive from your family, receive from your friends. Don't be afraid to set boundaries. Self-care is not selfish. You are deserving. You are worthy. You are more than good enough. Your voice matters and you matter. Mm, Such words, such parting words. This is great, Cheryl. Such good advice just for life. So thank you so much for this. And thanks for sharing all of your wisdom and all of these tangible takeaways for the ladies listening to really get past their imposter syndrome. So thank you so much for sharing all this today. Thank you, Hope. This has been absolutely delightful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. 
Thanks, y'all.